0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing, where each week we talk about life-changing and talk-provoking conversations geared at bringing you healing wherever you are at any stage in life. Friends, we are continuing our conversation today with our two wonderful guests, Dr. Norma Obona, who is a family medicine doctor in Ohio Health and has a keen passion in wound care. As I had mentioned to you previously, she is currently working to get her certification in wound care. She is single and just a fun fact, she is a cat lady. And our second guest is Dr. uh, uh, Christine Tolu Ajayi, who is also a family medicine doctor in Springfield, Missouri, and also has her master's in molecular genetics and biochemistry. Friends, what I had not shared with you on our first episode is the fact that all three of us actually went to medical school together. So that's how we know each other. And yes, I was a ton in Norma's flesh and Christine has always been a ton in my flesh, but it's okay. Well, friends, today we are continuing our conversation on to say or not to say I do. So let's dive in. Well, uh, Christine and Norma, thank you so much for uh, joining us again to continue our discussion on um, the all important uh, single lifestyle in our country today. Um, As you two had shared with us previously, I think that being single um, in today's day and age is such a, a key or a difficult thing not because of um, my lack of understanding, but rather I think there is so much pressure uh, from our media, internet, families, society, our careers, uh, that in the past, if you were a single lady, all you needed was a rich man to come along and really your singlehood was over. But now a lot of our ladies don't need that financial security. And so um, there is more that is needed to get, someone, a man or a woman, out of being single. And I think that really poses a big challenge to a a person who is single. And so um, we will pick up uh, right from where we left off. Um, I believe we had talked about the necessity of marriage to the single person and how we can assess uh, someone to be a legible dating candidate. And uh, both of you, by the grace of God, had given us a lot of knowledge in there. But we're going to start with um, Dr. Tolu Ajayi today on the process of dating. The all-important dating process. (laughs) What does the dating process entail, Christine? And what are some of the things that one should be looking for, thinking about, doing, not doing about the dating process or through the dating process?
1: Um, I think the dating process has changed a lot, and um, quite honestly, it's not great, um, for a lot of reasons. And it also depends on your personality and who you are, what you are looking for, as well. So, so there's a lot of, of facets to it. But yes, it it has changed. And as Norma had said previously, um, we're we're in a society where everything is where well, we want everything to be instant. So it's easy to scroll, scroll past, scroll past. It's easy to be superficial and look at something or someone and um just them away because we don't see something that we like immediately. And then we're not patient enough a lot of the times to get to know people for who they are. And then I think another issue is that we always have a very high expectation. Now, there's nothing wrong with having standards or having a a good expectation of somebody, but sometimes we kind of expect people to come Completely ready made 100%. Mm. Um, maybe because mm. we, we view ourselves as being ready made as well. And like, you know, you, can, I can think, Oh, I'm a great person. If somebody doesn't match up with exactly what I want, then that's it. I'm just going to scratch them off the list. So I think all those things mm. make, make dating, um, really hard. And the way I, I express it to some of my friends is like swimming through a, a river of, mud and trash trying to mm-hmm. find gold. That's what I feel like dating is oh, now because wow. they're going through a lot of a lot of trash and all that stuff, but, but you're yeah, trying to find gold and it's not there. And so what's the point? Wow. You don't feel like jumping in. For me personally, you don't feel like jumping. <laughs> you see this river, it's full of trash trash. Do you, who wants to swim in a dirty river? I definitely don't. I'm just going to stay clean at the side and just look out there. Cause if I find gold there, it might be at the bottom. It might take me years. It might take me a long time. I'm not going to do it. I, I have other things I'm going to do with my life. So I think that those things kind of compli- uh, complicate dating. Um, Man. so I think again, it goes back to foundational things. A lot of the things that we're going to, talk about in terms of of marriage singleness it's all about your foundation what it is that you believe in who you are as a person and so If you don't have any standards, if you don't have the things that you're looking for, then you're just going to accept everything and anyone. And then when issues and problems come along, you are just going to not want to fix them, but you are going to drop that person and go on to the next person who can fulfill your needs. So I think that's also another problem um, with dating. So... When we talk about dating, you have to start off with what is it that you want? What is it that you're looking for in a person? And then what are the things that you can compromise on? And what are the things that you can, um, you definitely cannot compromise on? I think those things are, are very important.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think the analogy you gave is so powerful that um, you see dating as either swimming in muddy waters or Uh, swimming through a river filled with trash with the idea of finding gold. And really, I think that is really true because the person you want to uh, spend your life with uh, has to be golden. Um, You know, um, Proverbs says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. And so you you are trying to find gold, but there is so much trash and muddiness in the river that Uh, It makes everything so difficult. And one thing I know about um, uh, Muddy Waters is that it has a lot of resistance. And so when you said that, that is what I thought about, that there is a lot of resistance about dating um, right now. So I will certainly um, ask uh, Dr. Bona, uh, Norma, to kind of pick up from there with that idea or that concept of uh, dating being so difficult and also in her answer try to answer for us to the best of her ability how long ideally the dating process should take
2: um okay so there are few answers in there to those questions so i will just you know the first part you mentioned to pick up um I'm a big proponent of the practical. I think you guys have been able to kind of understand that from a lot of my answers. <laughs> um, my advice to people or anyone who is going into the Dayton process is please, please, please invest in yourself first. And I will use an analogy there. You know, We all are in the workforce. We're all doing some kinds of investments or the other, and we invest and we hope to get some ROI returns on our investment relationships are similar you invest in your time your effort your energy um, your money your emotions everything yeah emotions are expensive <laughs> you know so you expect to get an emotional return on investment or you know and, and a goal at the end of the day so if you don't invest in yourself and invest in you'll be able to really invest in that person because you won't really hmm. value that person to the best of uh uh, your ability and when you think about it on you know in a foundational level about who we are in christ that person is christ's daughter or son so you have Mm -hmm. to respect that person you're going to have to answer to god for how you treat that person so you have to have that knowledge when you're going in it's not just oh um i want a girlfriend or i want a boyfriend and you know i want to be happy But do you know what it means to honor that person and value that person? Do you know what it means Mm -hmm. to respect that person, especially when things are tough? Um, Can you humble yourself and um, humble yourself to take care of even their families? Because when you marry someone, you're marrying the family as well. It's not just, Mm -hmm. you know, that person. So those are big things I think we need to really have at the back of our minds when we go into relationships, especially if we are going in with the goal to get married. Um, But, you know, you have to always think about those things. And also I will say a a big thing in my mind is if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So you are how you lay your, you know, how you fix your bed is, you know, how you're going to lay in it. So you have to lay that foundation for your relationship and kind of set the tone. Um, and then kind of piggybacking of what Christine said in terms of gold. If you find that gold, are you sure you're going to value it? Are you sure you're going to know how much mm-hmm. it is worth? Are you going to appreciate it? That's the thing, because some people find the good thing that God has blessed them with, and they don't know how, well, how much they've been blessed. And they end up messing it up. So Mm -hmm. those are are big things I will say, you know, you in terms of the dating process, those are the big things. So when you now encounter somebody that you can build with, you have yourself already trained, you've, you know, you've brought Mm -hmm. yourself up, you've disciplined yourself. um, And you've set the tone for how you want to live your life. And then, you know, um, like attract like when you when you know who you are, then you're going to attract like-minded people and the big things that you know you don't want to compromise on you'd want to make sure that person also won't compromise on those things so you guys have a union together you can Mm -hmm. you can compromise on the smaller things you know on life but there are big things where you you cannot because you're building a family because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day the whole goal is to honor god with it and you know, leave out what he has brought you to this world to leave out. So, you know, you don't play with those things. It's sacred. Wow. So wow. once you have that in your mind, it's pretty simple. Then, you know, you're, it flows, you know, in an easier way. Second part of your question was how long in terms ideally, of the yes. process. Ideally, there is no time frame. honestly. Mm. It really is how much you're able to actually accomplish within that time. And when you get to a point where you both feel that you are ready to take that step and you know why you're both taking that step, not that, oh, it's the the next thing in the, on on the line, or I think it's the right time. You think, or you know, Mm. you know, Mm. so Mm. when you know (laughs) that you have achieved that and you know, you are ready and you have both worked on yourselves, Um, And I'm also a big proponent of, you know, even before premarital counseling, it's great to also do counseling before, during the dating process to do that. Um, So uh, that might be just family members who have great marriages and can mentor you. That's great, but have that growth process. Um, So there's no real. I don't think it's a real like uh, time frame. It's when you know you have worked on it and you've achieved and you've built to that level. It might take a year. It might take two years. Who knows?
0: Wow! Thank you so much uh, for that answer. Um, It's it's certainly so uh, important because I, I think the statement you said there is really true. That whilst you are in the dating process, it's not a matter of thinking you are ready, but knowing that you are ready to take the next step and i think that is the misstep that a lot of us especially our younger um uh, uh, colleagues do make that uh sometimes it becomes an issue of well i've dated for a year so we have to be married and so you find one putting so much pressure on the other person even though they know that clearly they're not ready but because they've been dating for such a long time they feel we need to take it the next step. And you did mention something about um, what Christine has said, that um, when you find the gold, will you value it? Will you respect it? And, you know, I, I, I'm married, and I don't think that I had actually thought about that during my dating process um, like you mentioned it now. It's something that I talk about, I, I, I thought about, I instituted in my life, Um, To value my wife as that gold that I found or that treasure that I found. But during the dating process, I did not think about it that way. And so I think that it's actually very, very important for us to consider during the dating process that this is the gold that I want to cherish or honor for the rest of my life. Because um, like you said, I don't think a lot of us do think about the concept of Humbling ourselves, uh, being respectful, valuing our partner whilst we dating, we want to hold off on that until we married. Before we put all those things on the table, and I think that actually is at the service because if you don't do do that, the marriage. Um, I I say that marriage is the um the one of the things in life that I find will amplify every single tiny deficiency in your life. Yeah. And I believe God made it that way because we grow so much in marriage that um, the tiniest of things that the Bible calls call little foxes is amplified in, in marriage. Whereas in dating, it's, it's, it, it some of them never even comes up mm-hmm. uh, because you always think that you have a leeway or whatever the reason might be. I don't know, but Thank you both so much for that answer. I I think that is very, very powerful uh, from both of you. And um, so the question that I will um, ask uh, is kind of uh, taking this a step further because you can invest in the dating process as much as possible. You can give your all in the dating process and then it doesn't materialize into a marriage. So um, uh, Christine, how does one handle that disappointment or that process? And the second part will be what is the ideal time to wait before you get into another relationship?
1: Those are very good questions, Joe. Um, I'd say the first thing we have to think about is to know what is the purpose of marriage? And we've talked a little bit about that. And the end goal of everything is that whatever we are doing, we're going to glorify God through that. And so mm-hmm. if you are in a relationship and it doesn't end in marriage, it doesn't mean that that's the end of your life or that's the end of God's plan for your life, or that's the end of the good things that are to come in your life. And so I think a lot of times we are very narrow-minded, like if this doesn't work out, then it's the end. You know that there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's nothing else after that, and so we have to go into every relationship um, open to what can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? How can I be a better person from this? What does God want for, want me to learn from this? And then, if it doesn't work out, then know that okay, there's something better for me after this because there always is there's nothing too much for us that um that's going to ruin our lives completely like no we can always recover once you have that faith in god and so i think having that mindset of like this relationship doesn't have to be my be all and end all with and that's and that's the way it should be with everything with your job with your work nothing should be your Mm. be all and end all and the only thing that really stays and really should be what you make the center of your life is Jesus, and so when you have that mindset, then the relationship is not going to be everything to you. Um, and if I may go into like a personal story, uh, this is a couple moons ago when I was a young, a younger, a younger person who was who was really intense on getting married before 30 Mm. because i didn't get married at 25 and society is like oh you have to get married at 25 and then i was like okay 30 is the next goal god you have to do it for me i have to get married before 30 and lo and behold a miracle happened i was around 27 28 i met this wonderful like this wonderful man of god who i'd known for a very long time was my good friend changed the relationship into uh a dating relationship, and you know, he went to church, he prayed, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't he, he was just the perfect picture of oh God sent answered prayers and, and all that. And so mm. I was very happy when it was like, okay, we're going to get married next year. Okay, yeah, God has answered my prayers, right? And all that. Um, then it became an issue when I said I wanted to go to medical school because I wasn't in medical school at that time. And this the personality just changed everything just changed and um and at that time i mean god has given everybody good brains and and i had good brains at that time but then my my brains were were focused on being married before 30 so it's, my brain wasn't working then because i just wanted to be married <laughs> before 30 and so I was 28, going to be 29 at the end of the year. And then I was going to get married the next year before I turned 30. So my goal was like, okay, I have this person who, takes, who checks off all this spiritual list, who checks off all this, like, this is my friend and I actually like this person as a human being. And so the only issue is that he is every day berating me for this choice of me wanting to be a doctor. You know, saying, wow. I'm going to... I'm I'm not gonna be a good wife and mother. I'm gonna have my first child when I'm 40 if I become a doctor, just every day saying all these negative things. And so um, thankfully at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit was able to slap the scales from my eyes and I was able to see clearly and know that if this person is not treating me right at this point, what am I going to get myself into when I get married? And initially what took so long for me to get there was the idea of like, I found this person who is supposedly gold, who meets all this criteria. If I let go of him now, how am I going to find somebody else who is going to do that? Who is going to want to honor me? Who is going to, who believes in God, who prays, who, who serves, whose pastor, whose pastor is very, he's very close to his pastor. It, all these other spiritual things, you know, how am I going to find that person? Is it, is it going to be possible? Maybe I should just give up this career move that I want to do. Cause I hadn't even started at that time. I, it was just mm. a thought that I was, I wanted to work to, towards. So, it was just, okay, should I just give all this up? Because if I give it up, what's going to happen to me? Maybe he's going to be right. Maybe I will never get married. Maybe I will never find somebody um, to, to who's going to match him. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to realize that my life was in God's hands and it's not about what I want, but what God can do through me. And so um, it's, it it became easy to let go when you when you look at things like that and so that's how i was able to to let go wow. and i think my life is better for it because of that that decision and so with anybody who is struggling with okay um i really want this relationship to work and you know you've tried everything that you know it's not going to work then you have to learn to let go and get something else better from god um wow. Then no. the other part of your question was, no. then no. the other part of your question was. Um, the, the
0: second part
1: was um, the, uh, ideally,
0: how much time should we give ourselves when one dating process ends before we get into another one?
1: Uh, there is no good amount of time. I think it just depends on how well you heal and how well you're not going to you are not going to transfer the hurt from that previous relationship to the next relationship. I think when when you are able to know what you want in somebody, rather than saying, "Oh, I don't want somebody who is going to hurt me. I don't want somebody who is going to," um, maybe you you are trying to avoid the things that you avoided in the last relationship. But when you are able to look at a person for who they are, rather than what they can do for you or what you can what um you can how they can avoid hurting you. I think that's where you are the way to being healed. So the healing might take a while. It might take a couple months. It might take a few years. But you have to know that when you are healed from the previous relationship, you are not carrying the baggage from that old relationship and putting it on the new relationship or putting it on the new person, that I think that's when you are ready to, to move on.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Tuluajai, for um, not only um, answering our questions so eloquently, but also with your life experience. Um, and believe it or not, um, uh, this is not the first time I've heard, heard something like this. And it really does break my heart that usually this happens in the so-called church or in the Christian um, community. And uh, I, 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 it's something I've actually asked myself over and over again that at what point do we realize that God puts careers in our heart to better or help us accomplish our purpose in life? There are so many um, people that I know who are preachers and things like that, but they all had careers. And I think that that is actually by design because there is a way, there are things that you will learn from being a lawyer, being a, a, a real estate person, uh, being a, a, a doctor, that you will not learn in ministry. And so when you learn those things, it helps you better relate with the sheep that you will be entrusted with. And so I'm really sorry to hear about um, the the the, the uh, situation that you went through, but it, it just breaks my heart to hear it because this is about the third or fourth time that I've heard um, uh, uh, friends and colleagues talk about things like this. And unfortunately, guys out there, this always comes from us. And we need to get better. We need to we need to heal from this. Because you being called into ministry doesn't mean that you will belittle the call that is placed on your potential partner's life. As a matter of fact, sometimes, and I have told a, a, a gentleman this before, that your call to ministry will be so demanding on your life that your wife or the person that you are preventing from uh, uh, pursuing their career was God's design for you to be the breadwinner for the house. Not that she would take your place, but her financial input in the family, in the union, would have been something that would have helped this gentleman in his missionary work. But guess what? He blew it because he did something like what we just had. And so, please. My male friends out there or listeners out there, be discerning. Know the times and the seasons that you are in. And know that the fact that you are not going to be a lawyer doesn't mean that your wife cannot be. Yes, you have a calling on your life. But being a lawyer might be her calling as well. Thank you so much. So, um, Norma, I'm going to um kind of ask you the same question before. I move on to the next thing uh, because I think this is so important and um, uh, in Christine's answer, she kind of focused on the people in the church, the people who have faith in God. But with our of Healing, we always want to bring healing to anyone at every walk of life. So what about the person who doesn't have a relationship with God? How do they deal with the disappointment of a dating process not turning out into marriage or not being successful at it, um, uh, in your opinion?
2: So I think that's, you know, even if they're not Christian or they don't have, you know, um, a structured family background or, you know, anything like that, uh, I I think I mentioned this before, we have to grow through what we go through. So we, we have to kind mm. of take a step back and be objective and try and learn what, you know, maybe there's something I'm supposed to learn from this situation. Just mm. try and think about what your takeaway point is. What do I learn from this? So, Because at every point in, in life, the, the person you were last year is not the same person you are this year. You should have grown. You should have made some strides mm. to be better and learn more about yourself and who you are. And... Uh, boundaries is, is such an important thing um, that I speak about all the time. You have to know what boundaries you have to set for yourself, and know who you are and what you're willing to tolerate from relationships. So huh. it's just learning through that. And yes, you know when you go through disappointing instances, some of them are awful, and you can't find anything that has been that has been good out of it, and it's just a, an all around bad situation. But I think there's always something to learn about ourselves. And you give yourself time and you actually apply yourself, not just passively learn, but actually apply the things that you do learn into becoming stronger and better. And you'll find that you'll be better on the other end. And for the other person, you know, you left who, you know, dipped out or left you or whatever the situation was that's a person's loss like in christian's case that's his loss because you would have brought so much value as a physician to that relationship correct Um, he, he did not need to feel threatened if that's what what the case was but he has lost out on that experience of yeah. having a partner who comes, brings that knowledge, brings that sense of safety to their family. You can imagine right. having a family member as a physician. Research shows that there are the 10%, 10 to 15% mortality benefits from just having wow. a family member as a physician. So, wow. and and the ease and comfort about it. I mean, I grew up in a family where my dad was a doctor and, um, as a plastic surgeon, he, I didn't go to the hospital at all because he just treated us at home whenever I had malaria. Mm-hmm. Do you want a peel? Do you want an injection? So we <laughs> all knew that. We knew what to do. We had the knowledge. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. easy. We didn't have to worry about hospital bills, you know, um, so we were comfortable. My mom learned how to do all of these things. So you, you learn so much through it and you're the better for it. So we have to be able to pull our our egos aside and learn and say, hey, this is bringing a lot of value to the family, to our community. We have to be able to think bigger, you know, and be the bigger people. But, you know, um, sometimes I know it's difficult and we have to kind of divorce that traditional mindset and understand, okay, what did tradition teach you that's not actually good? That's not actually Mm -hmm. beneficial. Because there's some things wow. that you know we grew up in as Africans um, that really does not serve us, really does not help us, and it's not exactly. that is not of Christ, you know. So I think we turn to blur those lines a bit, and it's like, oh, this is the right way everybody is brought up, or this is the right way we conduct our lives, but it, it's not actually Christ-like. I don't think Christ would, ex- mm. you know, expect you to treat somebody that way. So there's wow. a difference between being self-righteous, being very traditional. And actually growing up and learning, okay, what is the right way to do things? How am I treating this person that society or tradition said, oh, this was appropriate, but is not actually good? Because the Bible wow. says the fact that something is um, there for you to do or available for you doesn't mean that you have to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to think about all those things. Uh, I think, did I answer your question right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You did. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, uh, for our listeners out there, um, uh, I I believe we did a section uh, healing through disappointment. And we did touch a bit on some of these things. So I will certainly um, ask that you find that uh, recording. um, uh, It was published on your podcast and uh, listen to it. And I believe it will be a blessing to you. So we'll go back to um, Christine and ask um, this question because. Uh, in part one, we kind of uh, alluded to it. Uh, there is a rising divorce rate all across uh, the world, uh, in the church especially, um, uh, in Hollywood uh, for those of us on this part of the world, and in every passage of our life. Uh, this is, uh, I say all the time, that even if you are not going through divorce, you know somebody who is—a uh, friend, a family member—and so, how does that the idea of um, the rising divorce rates uh, impacts one's decision to remain single. Uh, does it have any pull at all or is it just something that I am making up myself? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. We will end our conversation for this week here. And bring you the concluding part next week as we wrap up on this conversation to say or not to say I do. A conversation on the necessity of marriage for the single person today. Thank you so much. God bless you. We will conclude this conversation next week. Bye-bye.